few guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Joining me on today's episode is a guest that's returning. He's only been on the episode back in June, but we weren't really able to delve deep and talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music. But this time it's different. Everything changes right now and we get to talk so much about this movie and I can't wait for you to hear it. So joining me on today's episode is Alex Winter. Alex Winter, for me, is one of the best people out there. He's such a pleasure to have on the show, and I'm so glad that he's returned. Since launching Mark and Me, we've only had a couple of guests that have come back for more, and I'm so glad that we get to do this with Alex on this episode. As always, what I do like to do before we get into that interview is talk about my previous episode. So on episode 98, I was joined by Sam Kelly, a great interview where we got to talk all about the latest film, Savage, and thanks to everyone that took the time to listen and check that out, and even better if you'd then gone and checked out the movie itself. It's in the cinema and I've seen some people then share their tickets and show me that they're going to the cinema after the interview. So that's the biggest praise I can get. But let's get back into today's episode. As I said at the start, Alex Winter has returned and this interview is brilliant. I'm so grateful for his time and I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's just get straight to it. Here's me and Alex Winter talking all things Bill and Ted. Okay, so Alex, thanks again for coming back on the Mark and Me podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Now we're at the stage where the film's out and finally, you know, I spoke to you in October before it all happened, but I wanted now to talk solely about Bill and Ted 3 and now we can talk about it and it's all out in the open. I wanted to know when it really became a reality because for years and years as a fan, everyone kept saying to me, it's happening, Bill and Ted 3 is <laughs> happening and nothing ever happened, but something recently. Yeah, there was a lot going on behind the scenes from the moment that Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon kind of pitched us their idea for this movie. Um, we uh, we loved the idea, Keanu and myself. We thought that it was uh, hilarious and sweet and also playable. Like we, we heard it and we thought, oh, I could actually play that. And the thing they pitched us is pretty similar to what we made, um, this idea that what if you drop back into Bill and Ted's life all these years later. They're they're devoted husbands and fathers. They you know, they're very buoyant and optimistic still, but life has not been super easy on them and uh, they have not succeeded in writing the song that would save the world and they're a little weary. And um we thought that was very funny potentially and not expected, not like a kind of retread sequel where you're just trying to completely rekindle exactly what the vibe of the first two were um and uh, then they went wrote a script uh and it was great uh, needed some work as they all do but it was great and then we discovered that financiers were not particularly interested and i think it was the thing that made keanu and i respond to this idea i think also made financiers scared of the idea which was that it wasn't just a retread or a reboot it was here are these guys at middle age 
almost 30 years later and people were like, oh my God, is anyone going to want to see that? And so we, we set about trying to get the financing together. And while that was happening, um, the fans caught wind of the fact we were trying to make a movie and they became very, very vocal. And we have a, thankfully a very uh, pervasive fan base all over the world. And that is what at the end of the day made the difference for finance was they saw there was an appetite and a desire for the movie. And everywhere I went, everywhere Keanu went, everywhere Ed went, any of us, it was always, when's Bill and Ted 3? When's Bill and Ted 3? And um, we were like, you know, just keep saying that because they're beginning to hear you. Um, and eventually they, they, they were heard and that's what got us going. And honestly, we didn't even know if the film was, there were so many stops and starts. We didn't even know if the film was happening less than a year before we were shooting. We, we still, Keanu and I were hanging out. Oh, I was on vacation. He came to visit me. And we looked at each other. We were like, this film's never going to get made. It's just not going to happen. And we were sort of reconciled to that. And eight months later, we we're in New Orleans in pre-production. So crazy. I mean, when I spoke to Ed, even though he said um, you got the green light and honestly, you got to New Orleans, there was still quite a lot of obstacles being thrown your way and people were changing their minds and things weren't happening. It just seemed like the film was destined not to come out. Yeah, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. I think that for us, we felt it was destined to happen. Right? Yeah. And not in any kind of grandiose way, like we're so great or the world needed it. Or, honest to God, nothing like that. But that all of the effort that Chris and Ed had made to write and write and write, all of the work that Keanu and myself and those guys and Scott Krupp, our producer, had done. We brought Dean Pariso on years ago. All the work that Dean had done. We just felt... Like there was such a desire for it from the fans and such a desire for it to get done by us that it was really just, it was just perseverance. We just stuck with it. And I mean, to Ed's point, there was all the trials of getting the movie made, like financed, right? That's one whole thing. Then there were the trials of actually making it, right? Yeah. Once we got to New Orleans and all of the craziness and obstacles and challenges, some of which that were weather related, some of which were money related, and then we made the movie. We're super happy with it. Uh, it the, the first cut is absolutely amazing to us. We're very, very gratified with what Don Zimmerman, who's a genius, our editor, did and with Dean. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And uh, that's like March of this year. And, and we're looking at each other going, well, the fans are expecting this movie at the end of August. And they've been waiting for 10 years are we really going to just punt it into like some abstract possible future a year, two years down the road when all of this machinery is back? You know, given how long the fans had waited, it was complicated, though, because, um, you know, the U U.S. had a really high spike of COVID and, and we were able here to get the film released day and date, meaning uh, theatrical and home video so people could go however they wanted from home. Other territories, it's been a little more challenging. Um, UK is cinemas only for now. Australia cinemas only for now. However, it will still be out in home video in those territories internationally long before it would have been, like probably by at least a year, if not a year and a half to two years sooner um, than it would have been had we just punted it. So uh, we set about working on this distribution uh, rollout, which was extremely complicated, frankly. <laughs> And that's, that's one of the questions I had, because I was thinking to myself, what do you do? You're in this situation where the world want to see it. And like Tenet got delayed, which is the Christopher Nolan film that got delayed. And that's, you know, one of the biggest releases of the year. Everything else is being put back till the end of next year. 
and to go down the video on demand route, because I've seen a lot of people commenting on tweets that you guys put out and it's like, oh, I'm so glad I get to be safe and watch it in the comfort of my own home. And a lot of releases are going that way now. Like a lot of studios are like, let's just go for video on demand. And it must've been a difficult one because all my friends were like, we're going to wait, we're going to go to the cinema and we're going to do it like we did back in the eighties and nineties, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a tough thing, but it's uh, uh, the world that we're in, and it's the world that we've been kind of shifting towards to some degree before the pandemic. Obviously, um, not to say that the cinema experience is going to go away. Uh, on the contrary, I think it, there's going to be a huge, huge resurgence once people are able to to gather together again. Um, people like gathering together. It's a human desire that goes back to the caveman. I think so. Um, I don't think that will go away, but I think that we are entering a world where there will be more home video that's moving alongside, more options for people um, that uh, they can go to the movies and watch the films that way or they can watch them at home. That's certainly something that we're going to see. Obviously, the, the rise of the streamers, Netflix and, and Amazon and Hulu and Apple and, and all of that uh, have been sort of shifting things that way as well. Um, so even they will do theatrical releases for, for the movies that, that, that makes sense for. So uh, I don't think exhibition is going away. I think it's gone right now in certain yeah. places because of this pandemic, but I absolutely think that's temporary. I don't think it's the end of movies. When it came as well to you guys actually then working out that it was going to happen, it was all green lit, you got to New Orleans. Did you ever at any point, because you haven't acted for a while, you've been out the scene, you've been um, directing and writing and everything else, was there any nerves where you thought, I don't know if I've still got this in me to be able to return back to that character again, especially with Keanu, who's, who's been everywhere and anywhere, being the biggest star out there. You must have been like, oh, shit, this is quite a lot to do. You know, I have to be honest with you. Um, I wasn't uh, cocky, no, but I wasn't particularly nervous. I, I've been acting since I was eight years old professionally. I've been trained my whole life. I continued to train even while I'm directing and writing uh, yeah. with my acting. So those those butterflies were put to bed in prep, meaning I just I just started prepping. Um, I didn't just show up on set and, and go, geez, I hope I can do this. You know, <laughs> um, uh, I started training yeah. and doing physical work and finding this guy's body again after all these years, finding his voice, doing vocal work, uh, working on the script with Keanu, doing a lot of rehearsing and analysis and working with the writers. And there was an enormous amount that got done before uh, I hit New Orleans. By the time I hit New Orleans, I was actually pretty relaxed and, uh, and prepared. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a theater guy. You know, I came up doing, doing Broadway and off-Broadway, and you get, you get, it's much more so than film and TV. You become um, conditioned to rehearse and prepare. Yeah. And, uh, and you have incredibly long lead times on plays uh, where you're rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing and, and training and training and training. Um, so that's what I did on this. So by the time I got to set, I was, I was ready to rumble. Um, but there was certainly, you know, uh, there was that, I think the healthy butterflies you get of just like, okay, you know, let's see. And honestly, I think we both felt it. It was sort of more about the characters too. Like, can we find these guys all these years yeah. later? And, and who are they today? Cause they can't be exactly who they, they were when you last left us and what has life done to them and the world done to them and how much of that live experience can we bring to them without them turning into different people um those were those were big challenges frankly 
And then also sounding like Bill and Ted again, because when I watched the film, hearing you guys and closing my eyes, it took me right back. And I suppose a lot of time has passed, but I read, and I don't know if it's true, but you and Keanu hadn't done the voices in kind of script readings and stuff like that, and you waited, and everyone's like, go on then, let's hear you do it. And you kind of always withheld, is that true? That's 100% true. Um, we, uh, we were doing work on our own, we were rehearsing, we were doing a lot of script analysis, we were finding the characters, but we didn't really want to throw them out into the world yet. And we really didn't do that until the weekend before the first day of shoot. Um, Keanu and I would, would rehearse together on our own at my, at my place in New Orleans uh, every weekend. We'd, we'd work on the script, we'd rehearse, uh, we'd run scenes, all of that, all weekend long. And, and we were doing that as we had been doing for months and kind of looked at each other and thought, probably time that we, that we actually just do it full <laughs> voice, right? So that like we get to set, I know what you're doing, you know what I'm doing, we know what the vibe is, and we just did it. And um, I have to say it was really fun. It was like they just came out. And I think we both kind of looked at each other and were like, oh, okay, this is actually going to go easier than we thought. And by the time we hit set, we were ready to go. But I don't think the the writers or director or producers or anyone saw us do Bill and Ted until we were actually shooting. And the very first shot we shot, which is even funnier, just coincidentally, because it wasn't, we didn't have time or money to, to organize things this way, um, was us in the phone booth. So the very first shot on the very first day for us, it's Keanu and I in the phone booth. I've got the circuits of time in my hand and, and I'm looking at him and he's Ted. He's looking at me and I'm Bill in the phone booth. And it really was like no time had gone by. It was really a trip, frankly. It was amazing. And just seeing you both again, I was like, it just took me right back. And it was, it was weird because I was like, I've never seen Keanu, I think, shaven in 20 years. So I was like sitting there going, I, I can't adjust to this. It's not quite right. But it wouldn't look right with like sort of John Wick walking around trying to be yeah. mad. It wouldn't work for me. But yeah, you'd be looking for the semi-auto, you know. <laughs> exactly. And what was it like being reunited with Ed Solomon? Um, I've said before we started recording today, but um, I recently had him on the show and I think he's one of the nicest guys I've ever spoke to in my life. And it must be an absolute pleasure to work with him. Well, Ed's a very, very close and dear friend of mine. Uh, so that's yeah. the thing is, is that, you know, we walked off the set of Bogus Journey in 91 and we were all very, very firm that we didn't need or want to make a third and not for any negative reasons we loved the movies but we just felt like the story was done and uh keanu and i are obviously very close but ed and i are very close and i've i see a lot of him and talk to him all the time and we have a completely different relationship obviously outside of of the business um same with Scott Krupp, the producer who produced both of the first, you know, the, the first two movies. Um, and Chris Matheson, uh, who doesn't live near me, so I see him less, but we remain very good friends. Um, so there was a genuine kind of reunion aspect to it. I'm also quite close with Bill Sadler, um, who plays Death. And I actually worked with Hal Landon Jr. on a film I was doing a few years ago. And Amy Stock and I have stayed in touch. So there was a kind of reunion quality to it. Um, but you know, more specific to your question and it was a really sweet reunion, like a happy reunion. Um, there was, it was very moving to work with Ed again and Chris on these characters to sit and story sessions and hash out who they were and where their heads were at and what their arcs were and what their motives were, what their fears and their, you know, all of this inner stuff that never makes it to the screen, obviously. 
that was really, really fun. And so there, that was a very moving experience. I think Ed and I, uh, I mean, and not don't want to speak for him, but we really enjoyed working together and we were in the trenches very deeply together because we were both producers on the film and there was a lot, you know, I got to New Orleans, as he told you, and there was all kinds of, of shit going down and like he and I were huddling late at night, figuring stuff out. And um, so it was a very close relationship. I was, it was one I was very grateful for. I think we both were kind of grounding each other in a way amidst the hurricane, hurricane Bill and Ted, you know? <laughs> Amazing. And I don't want to spoil this because there'll be people out there that are waiting to see this film in the cinema right now and still waiting on video on demand. But during the film, there's lots of opportunities for both you and Keanu to get involved in makeup and get dressed up. Um, and that's all I'm going to say at this stage, but was it as fun as it looked? Because some of the set pieces and there's a scene when you go to a certain house and it just looked <laughs> like you guys were having the time of your life. I was like, they are literally getting paid to have fun. You know, it's funny that you that you call out that scene because that was the scene that we shot. We shot that week one, and I won't spoil it either. But it's it's yes, the movie the movie is largely Bill and Ted trying to find a reality in which they have written the song because yeah. clearly in their present reality they have not. And true to comic form, every reality we go to, every strand of the future we go to, is worse than the previous because it wouldn't be a comedy otherwise. So our lives get sort of progressively more dire the further into it we go. Uh, and in this particular one, um, where we are rock and roll characters, I can say that much. Uh, um, we really, that was where we really, it was early in the shoot. And that's really where we got to just go off and just riff together. And, you know, he and I, we see a lot of each other, but we haven't acted together since 91. Uh, no, 92, because he was in Freaked. But um, we really, really like performing together. It's super fun. And we... Riff, even though we're both very different people and our sensibilities are quite different in, in sort of our tonalities, um, we kind of fall into, it's like a rhythm section. We both play bass, so I like to laugh that we're like a two-bass rhythm section. <laughs> but um, but we just kind of fall in, into like a groove the way you would in a band that you've always played with. And that was the scene where we fell into the groove. Um, and I remember coming off set and he looked at me and he's like, I think we're kind of back. Like, I think we're back now. And I was like, yeah, I felt it. And, uh, and it was just unspoken. We just kind of got out there and did this crazy shit. Um, I, I do want to give away that we have English accents in that scene because it's, it's hilarious. I think it's even in the, there's a beat of it in the trailer, so I don't think yeah. it's really spoiling that much. But I want to say, because Keanu's way too modest to ever admit this, that was his idea like pretty much at the last minute. And um, I had based my character off a British rocker. I don't want to say who, because it will offend him greatly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I wasn't intending to do a full-on British accent. I no. just based my mannerisms and sort of my look off this one British, British rock and roll person. Um, but he was like, why don't we just do this full throttle, terrible English, like as if Bill and Ted had acquired terrible English accents, right? <laughs> and uh, it's really a stroke of genius. Like it makes that whole scene, in my mind, just way funnier but also a lot more fun to play um but that's all Keanu so I want to lay that where it's supposed to be laid and after every setback even the the whole COVID and the pandemic and everyone literally thinking this film might never happen it came out and you must have been absolutely blown away by the numbers the response everyone has gone absolutely crazy for it my whole Twitter if I put on Twitter now on my phone it's just Bill and Ted that's all I see <laughs> Yeah, look, I will, I will tell you that um, 
uh, it was a very nerve wracking period because of COVID and nobody knew what was going on and nobody knew what was going to happen and no one knew how audiences were going to respond. Typically Bill and Ted movies do not get critically well received. They get critically well regarded way later, like 10 years later, you get yeah. like a writer will write like a think piece about how great Bill and Ted is, but it's the same writer that like completely slated us when we came out, you know, this was the first movie of the three that we made that got, you know, way more positive critical response. And we, I mean, not to say every critic loved it because Bill and Ted is, is like, it's, it's a very specific cup of tea. And if it ain't yours, it ain't yours, which is fine. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't try to make a, a vanilla thing, but um, we've just had a way more positive critical response than we've ever had. And the audiences far beyond our fan base are really responding to it. And I can't express to you the gratitude I have for that. And also the genuine surprise, like, you know, Ed and I have talked about it a lot. Keanu and I have talked about it a lot. We've been really not bewildered, but just very sort of pleasantly surprised by how it's kind of crept beyond our fan base um, into a kind of a more broad audience. And I won't say we didn't attempt to do that because in a way, uh, I'm sure Ed spoke to you about this, and it wasn't for cynical reasons, but Ed and Chris really wanted the film to be accessible to people and to really reflect the world that we're in right now um, so that it had kind of its own weight and didn't just feel like it was lost in this tiny little Bill and Ted microcosmic universe. So they wanted it to be more inclusive, um, uh, and not in a politically correct way, in an actual sort of thematic way, like more about family and more about friendship and more about community. Um, and these are themes that everyone can relate to. Uh, and I honestly like, look, Keanu and I had a really good time. We worked really hard. Um, we love playing these guys. We love playing off of each other. And we are very good friends, which helps the characters, I think, to a degree, because it's, it's, it's genuine. Yeah. But I would, you know, no self-disparagement really meant, I, I would really credit a lot of the success to the script because I just feel like... Um, those guys really nailed, I felt, um, taking this very idiosyncratic world and making it accessible. And then Dean just nailed the tone. Um, and it's a very hard tone to nail Bill and Ted movies. They're really specific. Pete Hewitt, who did two, and Stephen Herrick, who kind of launched the whole thing with one, are all really, really great directors at managing tone and comedy which is really hard. It's way harder than it looks. It's extremely easy for those things to go off the rails. So having Dean and like Chris and Ed, that trifecta was really, I think, what pushed this thing over the edge. Then lucky for us, we had an insane ensemble cast. Yeah. You know, we just had Anthony Kerrigan is, is unbelievable. Oh. So talented. What he does, and I won't give it all away, but he's acting under like three inches of plastic and makeup. And he's so expressive and has so much character and he's just buried, you know, and Kristen Schaal and Holland Taylor and Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne who play our daughters are just unbelievably great. And Kid Cudi and our whole like musical ensemble, the actors that played Hendrix and Louis Armstrong and, and Mozart, unbelievable. Um, so Keanu and I would say that on set. We would sort of look at each other and go, we're really lucky we're so well supported. Um, we don't have to carry the whole movie on our backs. Um, that was also lucky, frankly. Plus. We don't want to spoil it, but the cameo of the person that is at the house is fucking awesome. I was like, yes! And that was yeah. good. No one told we me. We were really happy. Yeah. It yeah. was ruined. Everything else on Twitter and Facebook's always ruined, and someone puts a picture up and ruins it, but no one ruined that, and that was awesome. 
Yeah, I'm so glad because the, the joke is really the the it's funny because of not only who it is, but their name is fun to say, and it's actually just funny hearing the name coming out of our mouths. Like Keanu and I, we would and we would walk around the set just saying his name like all the time. Like we <laughs> just made us laugh, you know. We would just walk up to people and say his name, you know, um, and they would laugh. Uh, and his name isn't funny like in an insulting way. It's just Bill and Ted's manner of speaking is so over the top and, yeah. and, you know, uh, and heightened that it's a good, it was good words in our mouths. So yeah, it was fun. We got lucky in a lot of ways in that way. Um, but it was a really big challenge and, and we are, we're kind of like, I think relieved and kind of happy exhausted now because it's just been such a long road and especially me, Keanu, Chris, Ed, Scott, and Dean, like the, the, that little core has been at it. I mean, Dean probably came on, seven years ago now and then we've been on for over 10 crazy it's been a lot of labor um and a lot of like false starts and highs and you're gonna make it no you're not oh a new studio's on you're gonna make it no you're not and it just went on and on like that so i think we're all just kind of like happy and relieved and and fried (laughs) naturally you know i'm going to ask and you're going to get asked a lot but is that it? Is it buried? Is that the trilogy? Or now are you going to wait and in 2032 or something like that? We're going to get... Or you know what's going to yeah. happen? Everyone, everyone's going to be wanting it now. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen to you, the daughters and everything else. And, you know, that, that's the question you're going to get asked solidly for the next 10 years. Yeah, I, uh, I really don't know. Uh, in all honesty, we've been so f- hyper-focused on this movie and it's been so hard um, and there's been such a day-to-day battle. I mean, even now, like, it's not, you know, it's not negative because the film's come out and it's doing well, but um, each territory we go into is a challenge, you know, and requires a lot of, of massaging and work and look, as it should, but it's just that's just the climate we're in. Like, the 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 kind of bargain we made by releasing it now meant we had to really show up for the movie and stay showing up for the movie. And it's not like you get your opening weekend, you know, in the U S you get your opening weekend in the UK and everyone just like goes on their way. Like we're, we're in it through the holidays. Um, and that's just, that's just how this kind of release works. So none of us have had a second to kind of step back and go, what do we want to do next? You know, we really haven't. It's just been all hands on deck. Um, UK is very important to us. You know, we're, it's one of the, it's a territory that has always been very, very big on Bill and Ted and the films have always played there. And as you know, I worked there for years, um, you know, doing commercials and, and other work and a lot of my doc work over there. Um, and I'm, you know, it's always on anytime I still, I always still laugh to myself. I guarantee to step off a plane at Heathrow and it would be on the airport <laughs> airport television. One of the two movies, you know? Yeah without fail and so the uk is super important to us um this theatrical release with warners and then um a home video rollout and there's a lot of work to be done still so if look the fans made this one happen without a doubt keanu and i love playing them if the fans wanted another one we'd probably do it if it feels like everyone feels like thank you that was a satisfying meal we're done then we're okay being done too that's fair so my final question is, what's the future looking like for you then? Because obviously you've had your doc out this year. You've been busy with this. You probably want a bit of a break, so you're not going to be completely exhausted. But are you wanting, when the world goes back to normal, to carry on doing more directing and writing and stuff like that? Or I know you've got your own studio and all that. Or do you want to do something completely different? What, how are you kind of feeling now? 
Well, I'm, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the experience. I, I took a very specific and, um, and needed break from professional acting. I stopped acting professionally in 93, um, very intentionally. And I'd been acting since I was a very little kid and I was pretty exhausted, um, with that world and needed just time in the real world. Uh, I've been wanting to do more acting for a while, whether or not Bill and Ted three would have happened. I would have come back and done some more, whether it was theater or this or whatever. Um, uh, so I will continue to do some more acting, I think, but um, I have a lot of movies that I want to make and, and we have Zappa coming out at the end of November in the U S and then it'll come out um, internationally. Yeah. And I've been working on that doc for six years and it's very important to me. And I'm really, that's like the next thing I'll be doing is launching that documentary um, on the life of Frank Zappa. And then I've got all kinds of stuff I'm looking to shoot this year and next year. Um, so, you know, I would be very happy to continue to make my films and do a little bit of acting or do a lot of acting, a little bit of films or whatever the universe throws my way. I'm kind of open to it, but I don't intend to stop making, making my, my directing and writing stuff. Are you allowed to tell us any more about the Frank Zappa stuff? I know we've had a trailer recently and some pictures and stuff, but are you are we allowed to know any more? Is it like a case? Well, of I mean, it's a, it's a deep dive. I was I pitched this idea to his widow, uh, you know, back in like 2015, and uh, and she gave me full access to his entire vault, which no one had oh. ever gotten full access to before. So we we spent years just preserving a lot of that material. That took a lot of money and a lot of time. Um, and then we set about making a doc that's kind of a big epic look at his life that uh, is made largely from archival material. So um, I had an enormous, enormous uh, trove of, of visual archival and audio archival that's never been seen or heard from that whole era, which is, you know, 60s, height of the, of the rock and sexual revolution, which he was bang in the middle of all of that. 70s 80s 90s i mean it's it's we have just a ton of media on on those eras that he was active in um so it's really a, like a, a film about a man in a very important period in american and cultural history who engaged very aggressively with the with the politics and the culture of his day uh he's a really fascinating guy um not all roses you know which is makes it even more interesting um, but I'm, I'm very, very proud of, of the movie. So I'm really looking forward to getting it out for people, but it's a, it's a pretty epic examination of his life. It's not like a little poppy thing and those are great too, but it, it wouldn't have really done him justice. I don't think. Well, oh, that's like teased me now. Like to get to go to the vault and have all that access, you must've been like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a blessing and a curse. It was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then it was like, oh my God, this is going to be impossible. So yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming back on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Great, man. Good talking to you again. again. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the absolutely awesome, or should I say excellent, Alex Winter. What a great guest. What a great interview. And so accommodating with his time. So generous. And I just can't ask for a better guest than this. It was an absolute pleasure to speak. And to actually get to talk in detail this time about Bill and Ted Face the Music was excellent. I'm so, so happy with this interview. And I hope you guys that have just listened enjoyed it just as much as me. As always, guys, you know the score. If you jump onto markandme.com, there's links on there to my Instagram and my Facebook my Twitter, and also you can drop me an email on there too. There's links to listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, and now 
Amazon Music. That's right, we're on Amazon Music too. There's so many ways you get to listen to this podcast, but I really do love receiving feedback from you guys. Now, if you jump on any of my social media channels, I promise to acknowledge and reply to every single tweet, email and Facebook comment. If you get in contact with me, I really, really love hearing from you. So please keep that coming. Thanks again for taking the time to listen today. And the best way you can support Mark and me is to jump on my Patreon page. On there, there's the opportunity to win some incredible prizes. And I have said it, October is going to be the best and most generous month out there for winning some incredible prizes that money literally can't buy. Watch this space. It's coming up soon. But if you jump on there and for as little as a pound a month, help support this podcast, all that money goes into making more episodes and producing more and more interviews for you guys to listen at home. So it really is a case of just getting more and more out there for as little as a pound a month. It goes a long way and I really appreciate everyone that supports me. Thank you again for listening today and I'll be back in a few days time with the big episode 100. Stay tuned for that and stay safe and I'll speak to you all then. 